Thunder Media. On this special edition of Inside Motorsport, we're just three hours away from the start of the Le Mans 24-hour race. And we look at that here on the show today. Peter Norton is at Le Mans for his first experience, and what an experience it is, Peter, at the 100th running of the uh, twice-around-the-clock Endurance Classic. Yes, Craig, don't the French know how to put on a party to celebrate uh, a quite a major achievement like 100 years? Uh, and it's funny, if you uh, let something grow for 100 years, it gets big. This event is huge, uh, about 250,000 people. Uh, thankfully, the track is also huge at uh, 13.6 kilometres, so uh, everyone gets to, to spread out. But uh, through that main sort of stadium complex with the pit lane, um, it's like a canyon, a concrete canyon, and the sound reverberates through there like you wouldn't believe. Uh, it's a, an amazing sight. Uh, and thankfully, the race goes for 24 hours because it takes so long to get around anywhere. Uh, if you want to go check out a few different spots, uh, it, it just takes time. Uh, so uh, the scale of this thing really is hard to believe. It might do that for if you're travelling around the track taking photos like you will be across the weekend. But for the cars, they're whipping around there in amazing times. And yesterday's Super Bowl saw a Ferrari go to the top of the timetable with a 3-minute 27.275. Yes, Craig, a lot of good things there for people that love the nostalgia. Uh, 50 years since Ferrari uh, had been on pole, and it happened to be car number 50. Uh, and didn't the uh, fans go wild about that one? Um, I was focused on the qualifying times that let people get into that hyperpole session. Uh, they were close. Um, the, the, the top uh, eight cars that went in uh, covered by, by barely a second. Uh, and if you break it down... Uh, the time between the two first Ferraris, this is qualifying, the hyperpole gap was bigger, but uh, this was pretty amazing that uh, uh, to get the uh, provisional pole, uh, it was 0.2 of a second across the 13.6 kilometres. So in terms of percentage gap, it's a, a 0.01% difference in the time. Uh, yeah, it really is remarkable that these cars can be so close over such a long distance. People do expect it to be a bit different in the, the race, though. Toyota remain favourites because, well, they've just been top of their game for so many years here. What's great about this year's race is that there is real depth in the outright class. Mm. And whilst there's no Australasian driver in the Ferrari lineup, or particularly the front two Ferraris, there is some... Uh, interest from down here in the Toyotas with Brennan Hartley having a run along with the number eight uh, Toyota Gazoo racing car. Yes, what what fascinates me uh, is well, you, you go to things like the Drivers' Parade and that's just a crazy event. Uh, not just a parade, but they uh, throw little trinkets and souvenirs and T-shirts and uh, different things out to the crowd. 
and it's a huge crowd, and they're just going nuts. They're going nuts, and I'm pretty sure they don't have any idea who the drivers are because it's such a, an international field. Uh, sure, there are some local heroes, uh, but uh, it, it seemed to be a little bit more about uh, uh, throw me a hat, throw me a hat. Uh, but it was so much fun. It really is a, an amazing event. With all those different languages, all those people coming together, one of the things in the media is getting it all into a language that each of the media will understand. And I'm not sure how many of the immediate press conferences, immediately translated press conferences, you've had the chance to get to. No, I haven't got to the press conferences, but I, I do appreciate that the uh, e emails from the organisers uh, have English uh, down the bottom of the email. Uh, that does make it a, a little bit easier. So can you set the scene? You're there primarily for photography work, but we're thrilled you're working with us on Inside Motorsport. What is it like to have to try and find spots over the course of the week to be able to take photos knowing that at different parts of the day, very different parts of the track will be at the right angles? Oh, it's a huge learning curve. Uh, anyone that uh, gets into step counters would know that 25,000 steps a day, that's a fair hike. Uh, and, and do that day after day after day. And, and that's just across the, yeah, the Wednesday and the Thursday to get to know the place a bit. Uh, we went for a little walk in the forest from the, the famous Indianapolis uh, uh, series of corners uh, all the way back to the end of uh, the Mulsanne Strait. Uh, so we, we went for a proper walk in the forest and uh, just amazing how fast the cars are. Uh, try doing a slow uh, shutter uh, speed pan when the cars are you know, doing you know, 300 kilometres. Yeah, that, that doesn't work so well. Um, but you're right, Craig, it's been a real learning curve, so it's a bit hit and miss finding the right spots, uh, trying to understand where the, the sun comes from, uh, uh, when, what time of day the light is best. And keep in mind that it doesn't get dark till 11 p.m., so that, uh, you know, the sweet couple of hours of light, um, it really is a, a, a time warp trying to figure out where and when uh, the good shots will happen. But uh, we've learned quite a bit over the last couple of days and uh, hopefully there'll be some good shots there uh, uh, that I can uh, you know, post and uh, Craig, you'll share a few. Uh, and it'll be in a few publications. It's 5am when the sun comes back up or thereabouts too. So there isn't a lot of nighttime racing unlike the daytona 24 hour which is more a 50 50 type race yes that, that's another kind of uh, a time warp thing that uh, the night is not that long uh, so as you plan out your, your, your race plan of what to see and what to do uh, and you think oh well, uh, maybe i'll pop back to have a snooze no that there's not enough time all right now peter we've got a number of different uh, cars this year. We've got the hypercars, of course, LMP2, LMT GTE AM, and a lot of interest around this Garage 56 entry. And in fact, the Garage 60 56 entry from Hendrick Motorsport is Jimmy Johnson, Rockefeller, and Jensen Button, the Formula One champion. They have gone so well, they've actually been kicked out of the class they were planning to run in and now are just running to uh, make up the numbers at the back of the LMP2 field four seconds quicker than the 
LMGTE AMs that they were planning to run with? Uh, you forgot to mention, Craig, that they also won the pit stop competition. Uh, and I, I believe that they used uh, manual jacks like they do in NASCAR. Um, uh, they've really turned a few heads. Uh, when I first arrived at the track and uh, got off the light rail, uh, the, it was on track and you could hear it. Uh, the, that sound of that, that big Chevy V8 was just remarkable, uh, really sort of filled the whole area. Um, uh, what, there are a couple of other cars that are pretty loud, but it does stand out quite a bit. Um, unfortunately, it hasn't done a lot of laps uh, in the various sessions. Uh, they would appear to be comfortable with the setup and everything that they've got. And hey, as you just pointed out, their drivers are pretty experienced too. Alpine has released their 2024 car. Ford is getting ready for their Mustang GT3 car. So this event might be the 100th year, but there's so much preparation going along the future of Le Mans and sports car racing around the world. It's definitely on the up and up. If you think about the last couple of years, there's really only been two, sometimes only one real outright contender in terms of manufacturers. But uh, adding to that list that you've just mentioned uh, is the field this year, Toyota, Ferrari, Porsche, Cadillac, Peugeot. Uh, Glickenhaus and Van Wall are also in there uh, as a bit of an outside chance. Um, everyone's looking forward to it being a, a, a true a competitive 24 hours of Le Mans. We do have all the glitz and glamour of Hollywood there. Michael Fassbender has been a regular competitor in the uh, GT cars. And then you have, of course, uh, Dr. Dreamy in Dempsey. He's not racing, but his team, Dempsey Proton Racing, is there. Uh, yes, uh, uh, my son Matthew uh, had a, an encounter with Dr. Dreamy uh, yesterday uh, at the driver's parade, and uh, even that young fellow went, oh, it's Dr. Dreamy. Uh, so, yes, there's plenty of celebrity. The official uh, starter of the event is LeBron James from uh, the NBA world. Uh, it, it's of a, a scale and glamour that you wouldn't believe. Uh, in the, the village behind the pits, there is a Rolex store, uh, I did say store, not a corporate box. You can just wander in there and buy the latest Rolex. And that's one of the critical things is for people who go to supercars or other races in Australia, you might see a few cars and, and transporters that are parked behind the garages and think this is, this is pretty big. When you get to Le Mans, it is next level because it is a village that is set up behind the, the garages on the main street. Uh, yeah, it's a very big village. Uh, the motorhomes are next level. Uh, everything's of a scale that you wouldn't believe. And, of course, the camping. What has you been your impression? Because you have done a lot of camping at Bathurst over the years. Um, it does have a little bit of a Bathurst feel. Uh, some of the campsites have you know, flags up on big poles and all of those sorts of things, um, except the, the flags are of different countries. Uh, the great diversity of the, uh, the people attending here. Uh, flags from all around the world. Peter, we appreciate your time as you're heading out to the track this morning and look forward to what should be a fantastic 100th running of the 24 Hours of Le Mans. 
Thanks, Craig. Good to catch up. That's all we have time for on this special edition of Inside Motorsport. Until next time round, keep smiling and bye for now. Inside Motorsport is produced by Thunder Media for the Community Radio Network.